All right. I want to welcome everybody here on uh, Tuesday, the Healing Rooms. So this is our uh, 2 o'clock uh, teaching. And so we're going to be learning about the right heart attitude toward prayer. Because uh, a lot of times uh, the traditions that we've been taught are wrong <laughs> on how we should approach God. So um, we're, that's what we're going to be talking about. But let's, uh, let's go to prayer. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, so much for your son, Jesus Christ, and all that he has done for us. Hallelujah. But it's all through his sacrifice, his death, his burial, and res- resurrection, oh Lord, that we get to come into this wonderful salvation. But Lord, you didn't end there. You made us your sons and your daughters. Oh Lord, wow. You could have made us servants, and, and we, we would have been excited and happy about that. But you just went so far beyond that and loved us so much that you just went ahead and made us sons and daughters. But Lord, you didn't stop there. You sent your Holy Spirit to be with us, to live in us, hallelujah, to reside in us, to walk and talk with us. And we thank you, Lord, that he resides in us now. Lord Jesus, you said he would come and he would teach us all things, and that your word is spirit and truth. And the only way for us to see and to understand these things is by your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. You live in us. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Help us to see and know and understand. And I thank you, Lord, as we learn your truth, that you will set us free. That when we leave this place, we're going to feel lighter, hallelujah, than when we came in. Why? Because, Lord, we're going to be washed by your word, washed by your spirit. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So um, if you don't have the teaching, uh, I've got the teaching up there on the, on the table if you need a, need a copy. Um, otherwise, we'll go ahead and it looks like everyone has one. So, All right, so I struggled with the, the name of this, but I really believe this is the right heart attitude toward prayer. You know, God doesn't, look, doesn't just listen to your words. He's intent on what's coming from your heart, you know. You can say things. And not really mean them, you know. So it's important that when we speak to God, we're speaking from a heart and speaking true, right? Um, so the main scripture here is Matthew 15 and 8 says, These people draw to me, draw to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So Andrew, a lot of times he says, you know, there's, there's two crowds. One crowd comes on a Sunday, and I, I call them the I to tip the hat to God, you know, crowd, and the other ones come, and they're hungry. They want more of God, you know, and uh, so a lot of people think it's enough to come in there and say, God, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still around. Yeah, here I am. Roll call. Yeah, all right, and then they're out of here and back into the world, (laughs) and there's others who want with all their heart to do everything, to say everything, you know, uh, that would be pleasing to God, you know, that's what they want. They want to be pleasing to God in the end. Um, they know that the, the love that he has shown, he, Jesus deserves nothing less than everything that we are and that we honor him in every way. So uh, this is a quote from Andrew Walmack. God is with us all the time. We can spend the entire day in the presence of the Lord. 
instead of only setting aside certain times for prayer, we can be in communion with God constantly. That is what God wants. He doesn't want us to every so often go, oh yeah, oh, that's right, God. <laughs> he wants us to know that he is in us and that he is ready to walk with us and talk with us, you know, and tell us, you know, that we are his and that he is ours, you know, that he loves us, he cares about us, and that he is here to help in any and every situation. Doesn't matter how small or how big it is, he is here to help, right? So anything, oh, let me, so here's a situation. Someone says something at work and, now, and then, then you're laying in bed and you're having a conversation in your mind with this person. You're arguing with them and they're arguing back with him. I mean, you, this wasn't even the, the argument. They didn't even say a lot of the things, but for some reason, from your, from your heart, you're filling these things in, you know? Instead of doing that, we should go, no, I'm not listening to that. I, God, I'm bringing this to you. What do you say about it? Focus your mind on God in every situation. My boss said this to me, and I worked so hard, and he said this was garbage, and I worked so hard, and I thought it was perfect, and, you know, and, and so you're just, well, instead of just letting your mind go and just getting frustrated, you know, bring it to God. Talk it out with God, you know. He may say, oh, your boss is wrong. Pray for him and bless him, or, you know, or he may say, oh, yeah, your, your boss is right, <laughs> but he only will... He only has your best interests in mind because he loves you. Keeping your heart in prayer constantly throughout the day, all right? He is always there. He's ready to talk to, to us, and he wants us to know that he's there all the time. So question, what is prayer then, right? So first, let's identify what prayer is not, we need to clear these things out of the way so that, that we can enter in to what prayer really is. So we're going to uh, be identifying some of these things. So um, A is, it is not to impress others. You ever, you know, come to a prayer meeting and someone is just praying, going on and on, quoting scriptures and this and quoting that and this and that, and you're looking, you're, I, I don't know, I feel in my heart, I'm like, are, are you saying this to God? What? <laughs> to me, I, I don't feel that they're connecting with God. They're just quoting all this stuff, and I don't know if it's just coming out of their mind or, or if it's really coming out of their heart, you know? Um, so anyway, Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray. Do you know hypocrites love to pray? Especially out loud in front of people. <laughs> For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the, on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. As surely I say to you, they have their reward. You know? There's a difference, you know, to, to pray out and show how smart you are and how many scriptures you know and all these things. And there's another thing to, to actually be speaking to God, you know? A lot of times we want to quote scriptures when really God just wants us to talk, talk to him from our heart, you know. He wants us to be real with him, you know. God, you know, you said this, but this is what's going on, you know. 
uh, what do you say about this? Help me to understand. Help me to know if, if I have a part to play. Help me know. Help me know how to pray for this situation, you know? Just being real with him, and he, in turn, be real with us. So B is vain repetition and long prayers. So Matthew 6 and 7, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So vain repetition is repetition is one of the fill-ins. The other one is long prayers. You notice uh, about Jesus when he prayed? He didn't say much. <laughs> he didn't say much at all, actually. So compare your prayers to his prayers as far as the ones out loud. But I do know that he had fellowship and communion with his father that never, ever ended. Though he wasn't speaking out loud and and everything, I know in his heart he was speaking to the Father, and his Father was speaking to him. Not only speaking to him, but even showing him which way he should go and what the things he had that day or the days to come. But you know what? We can have that same relationship as Jesus did. We don't have to have long prayers. The longest prayer that Jesus had wasn't to pray to the Father, but he was talking to the Father about the people around him. (laughs) For their benefit, I'm saying these things. (laughs) We don't have to have long prayers. So, and we'll, we'll go into why we don't need long prayers here in a little bit. Okay, so C, it is not fasting or debasing yourself to get God to answer. Some people are like, well, I'm going to fast and I'm going I'm, I'm to fast until I get my healing or I'm going to fast until I get this or I'm going to fast to get, I'll get this. Well, that's the wrong heart attitude. You have to understand that Jesus paid it all and he has given you it all. The right attitude for fasting is you're trying to focus, get your attention focused off of yourself and your situation and on God. And that happens when you're not eating. You're like, oh, I need to get quiet. I need to, I'm, you know, your focus is on God. And then here comes your answer. So fasting to get something from God is wrong. But fasting to quiet your heart, to soften your heart toward God Now, that will work. You will get your answer then. Because a lot of times we don't get our answer just because we're just, we are so hard uh, in our heart, hard of hearing. (laughs) Because there's all these other things and opinions and even your own opinion that's clouding what God is trying to tell you, you know. And you can't stay still long enough for God to get you your answer. (laughs) So when you fast... You quiet yourself. You're, lo- you're keeping your mind on him, you know, because you're like, oh, golly, I'm not eating. I need, I need to get this answer, so I need to focus on God. And you've got your focus on God. That is why your answer comes, not because you're fasted, but you were able to quiet your heart, 
soften your heart so that you could hear and get your answer. So D, the example of this is the story of Ezekiel and the 450 prophets of Baal. What a story. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but wow, it is powerful (laughs) what happened this particular day. So we're going to read it, and I'm going to just comment it on some things, bring some things to light uh, for you to think about and um, as we go. So, and this is uh, 1 Kings 18, 19 through 40. And so, yeah, there's a lot of pages here, but a lot of it's just scripture. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Ashtoreth, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? Okay? And that's, that's very important to understand. A lot of times we have what God said and what the world says. And we teeter-totter between the two, you know? And we can't make a decision. One day we're like, oh, yeah, God said it. And the other day, but, 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 the world says this. How long are you going to falter between these two opinions? Because let me tell you, nothing will happen until you get, it, you get it settled. Do you believe God or not? If the Lord is God, and that's what you need to decide, is he God? Follow him. But if Baal, follow him. Don't be hot. Or cold, you need to decide. <laughs> but the people answered him, not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. He knew who he was. Ezekiel knew who he was. He was a prophet of God. He stood He he was God's representative here on the earth. And that God had given him a task to to go and to confront Israel, really. That the result was that he was able to deal with uh, Baal's prophets. But really, what he was after was the hearts of Israel. So, um, next page. Therefore, let let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. But put no fire underneath it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but, no, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people were like, oh, that sounds good to me. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great um, task. Sorry about that. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them, and they prepared it. And now we're going to see how they prayed. And they called on the name of Baal. 
from morning until until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. Oh, Baal, hear us. Oh, Baal, hear us. <clears throat> so when we do that to God, God's like, I'm here. <laughs> Why are you crying out over and over again? As soon as you turn your heart to me, I'm here. I'm ready to answer. Oh, bear, hear us. Oh, bear, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar, which they had made, you know. So they were leaping and they were dancing. They're trying to get Baal's attention. Their hard attitude was to try to get their God to do something. And, you know, we need to have the same attitude toward God, that we don't leap and jump and dance to get God to do anything, but a response of what he has already done. Okay? The right heart attitude. We leap, we dance because of what he has done, not trying to get him to do anything because we're leaping, we're dancing, we're shouting, you know? The right heart attitude. And, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. And this is kind of funny. And said, cry aloud for he's a God. Either he's in meditation, maybe he's off praying somewhere. And you just get to get louder so he can hear you, you know, making fun of him. Or he's busy. Maybe he's answering somebody else's prayer over there, you know. And so he's just too busy to answer you right now, right? Or he's on a journey perhaps, or perhaps he's sleeping and he must be awakened. <laughs> he is just making fun of them. He knew that Baal was not going to an- answer because he couldn't, right? So, but sometimes, you know, we want to crowd, cry louder and louder and louder and <sighs> trying to get God to, to, to hear us even more and more and more. And we don't get an answer because we have the wrong heart attitude. <laughs> We need to know as soon as we call on his name, he is ready to answer whatever for whatever you need. Jesus paid for it all. It's all yours, and he's ready to give it to you. You don't have to beg. You don't have to jump. You don't have to plead. You don't have to beg. You have to do any of those things, right? God is ready to hear you. As soon as your heart turns toward him, you have his attention, right? He's not sleeping. Our God never sleeps. He is always awake. He's always looking your way. Always. And I don't know how he does this. He is never too busy for us. And I don't know about you, but my experience is when I call on his name, a lot of times it's just me and him. He has, I have his undivided attention. And again, he is God and I don't know how he does it, but I know I have his undivided attention. He is looking at me with, with this, a fire and a love that is beyond comprehension because he loves me that much. Everything else is pushed away. Everything has, this, has flown away. The only thing I see is him, and the only thing he sees is me. He always has time for us, his children. Now, sometimes... They crowded loud, 
and even cut themselves, as they were custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. They were serious. They weren't getting any results. They were getting desperate. Sometimes, you know, we get desperate too, and we do some stupid things, (laughs) trying to get God's attention, right? Uh, We need to have the right attitude. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 60 days without eating food. I'm going to fast for 60 days, and then God will answer, you know? That's foolishness. If God leads you that way, that's one thing, but it's not to get him to do anything. He's already done everything and ready and ready to give you everything that Jesus has bought and paid for. It's our heart. Our heart, heart is the problem. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, all right, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seeds of seed. And he put the the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood, and said, Fill water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And then he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of offering, of the offering evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said. You know, a lot of times we're like, you know what? To get God's attention, for him to come down and answer, we need, we need to have two hours of praise and worship. It's a wrong heart attitude. Now, it helps because you know what happens during that time of praise, praise and worship? Your heart suddenly starts turning toward God. And you become more sensitive to him. And then all of a sudden you start feeling his presence. But I'm here to tell you his presence was with you when you even walked into this place. But your heart was hard to it. Because you don't understand he is with you always. He will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, we need to do this until, until Jesus himself is in the room. And he's like, wait a minute. Didn't I say, well, two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there in the midst. Do you believe what he said? I'm telling you, when you walk in, Jesus walked in with you. (laughs) You can walk in him, with him, and in his presence every second of every day. Those who are mature have understand this, and when they come in, they're they're already bringing the presence of God, right? Others who have just been beaten and battered and just feel so far from God, they come in. They're the ones that really need that time of praise and worship so that they can get their focus off of their situation, get their focus on God, and then God is then able to move and work in their lives, right? Um, But in maturity, you as a mature Christian, you should know that you carry the very presence of God. You carry him in you, you know? You're trying to shout 
you know, like he's way out there when he's actually living right here. He is not very far. (laughs) Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I'm your servant. He knew who God was and he knew who he was. That I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. What was the whole purpose of this situation is that their hearts would be settled. They would come to decide that the Lord is God and he's the one I will follow. He is the one I will believe. I am not going to believe the world and all the things that they say. I am going to believe the Lord God. That was the whole purpose is to get their hearts, Israel's hearts, back toward God and God only. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. But he didn't stop there. He consumed the wood. He didn't stop there. He consumed the stones and even the dust around the throne. Whoa, he was serious serious about this. And it even licked up all the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They had no doubt. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Cushon and executed them there. You know, uh, it's significant that he took the time. He said, don't let any of them escape. So bring them to me. And what he did is he took the sword and cut their heads off. He made sure that there was no way that they were going to wag their lips and <laughs> toward the, the people of Israel to, to draw them away from the Lord, what was true and what is right, right? And a lot of times we have to get people's hearts looking toward God so that they could be open so that when the word comes they hear the truth and that they can go and say well that's the truth this is the lie and you go after this and know that this is the truth this is what God said this is what the world says I refuse to believe what the world says let every let let every man be alive but let God be true and you in your mind you're like I will never Believe that again. You settle it in your heart. You cut that that lie's head off. You take it seriously. It must be done. You don't want to let it linger any longer. You, from your heart, you need to decide and declare in your heart, I will no longer believe that. That is a lie. In Jesus' name, I cut that head off. I will never believe that and go that way again. A lot of times we let these things linger in our hearts and we don't identify them as sin that they're wrong and then they 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 in our hearts they run around whispering (laughs) whispering to you but you need to go out after them with all prejudice until that 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 lies head is cut off it no longer can affect you any longer you move past that you know now some of the a lot of these things are little lies and they're important to go after, but some of them are big lies. Big lies that have stolen from you, you know, 
or who are threatening you and you're too scared to even go even near them. But we need to hear the truth and we need to go after God said this. I believe it. That settles it. I will not move from this truth. You are the lie and I'm right now in Jesus' name, I cut your, your head off. You will no longer affect me in any way. And then you can move on from there. But don't leave it alone. Go after it. Be intentional about it. Because in your heart, you do not want it to be divided. All right. So, anyway, that story is amazing. It is a, it's powerful. And there's so much more I can actually say about it. There's so much to learn from that. But for what we're trying to deal with today, um, you know, I share it with you. So let's go to B. So prayer is communication with God. So you speak to God. That's pretty self-explanatory, right? But the second part is you listen and hear God. When you go and you're praying to God, whether it's out loud or from your heart, don't make it a one-way conversation. Know that God, God has something to say, too. <laughs> he wants to talk with you. He wants to share things with you. He wants to show you things that you didn't know. So take the time not only to speak, but also to listen. Because God, God is ready to have a conversation with you. A two-way conversation. So John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. A lot of people are like, but I can't hear God. Is he really speaking? Yes, he's speaking all the time. It's just we're not able to hear him because of our hearts being hard, our hardened hearts. But there's other things going on too. It's almost like, you have your own opinion, and you've heard all these other opinions, and even things taught from the pulpit that are not right, but God is trying to get through to you the truth because the truth is what sets you free, right? It's almost like a radio, and you're trying to tune in, right? There is all these frequencies coming out there, and they all are just blasting out what their opinion and what they believe and, you know, and a lot of it's all kind, and there's only one station that you're trying to find to tune into so that you can hear clearly because God is speaking, but there's so much noise it's hard to tell what he's saying. So what you have to do is you have to spend time in his word to learn how he talks. So that when you're hearing him, you can identify, oh, that is God. You've spent so much time in the word that you can say, oh, that's God. Nope, that's a lie. No, I don't want to listen to that. I, I'm, I'm tuning in to God and God alone. Even though all these other ones are trying to bide for your attention and tell you, well, they're right when they're not. Only God is right. Romans 8 and 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You know, some things are pretty cut and, cut and dry in the Word, and there's other things are not. Should I take this job? Should I marry this girl? <laughs> Should I buy this house? You know, it's not really completely clear in the, in the, in the Word, 
But if we're, we're seeking after him, his spirit will lead us. It's so important that we learn how to hear and know that we're hearing from God on things. This takes practice. It's not, it's not something that just comes. We have to spend time working these things out so that we can hear clearly. Right? So um, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to clear that, that channel up more, you know. And we hear all the stories from all the different um, preachers and pastors and teachers that we know and how the stories, how they heard God and they moved and did what God said and then God moved and did this and did this. And we're like, wow, I want that to happen. But it can, but we just have to take the time to get our ear to where we could hear. We want to have a two-way conversation. God, is this the house I'm supposed to buy? You know? And so uh, I'll share a situation. The house that me and Diane live in right now, right? We were looking for a house in Hillsborough because that's kind of where we're living at the time. And we, could, and we really like, the main reason is we really like the school district there. And so we're like, we were looking at these houses and uh, the real estate agent says, I really want to show you this one house. And I'm like, I know the house. It's on a busy street. I, I don't want, I got two kids. I don't want to be, go there, right? Started looking at the other houses and I was so disappointed. I said, this is what we can afford. They were showing us all these houses and they needed so much work, you know? A lot of them would have needed like $30,000 worth of work for us to even move in. <laughs> but that's what we could afford. So finally, I'm like, I was just kind of praying about it, and God was just like, go look at this house. So I took call the real estate agent, and um, I said, I'm ready to go look at that house. I walk into the house, and immediately I have a peace, a supernatural peace, come over me. I'm standing in the, in the front door going, what is this? What, God? So I walk through the living room and into the kitchen, and I'm looking at the backyard, and there's this huge finished-in yard. And, and then I turn to the real estate agent, and I said, well, what do I need to do to make an offer? And she looked at me like, well, don't you want to see the rest of the house? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I want to see the rest of the house. But I had settled in my heart that I knew God spoke, that that would be our house. So we went forward with this, and we made the offer, and we started looking at some of our financial stuff where there's some things that needed to be taken care of, right? So we actually backed out. And I said, well, God said that's our house. When we're ready, that house will be available to us, right? So I think it was almost six months later. Oh, we were ready. So we're like, is that house available? No, it is not. And so we're like talking and I'm like, you know, well, you know, God, I really believe God said that was our house, but you know, we'll just have to pray about it. The next morning we get a call from the real estate agent. You're not going to believe this, but the people who were going to buy that house backed out. Oh, and you're not going to believe this. They dropped the price by $20,000. God spoke. But, you know, it took, I understood that his peace was my answer, that that was the house. That was the house. 
he didn't stop there. I mean, it, there were so many things that were going to cost us money that wound up and cost us anything. We had thought, oh, it would be about $10,000 for clothes and this and this and this. And at the end, I think it was like $3,000. <laughs> it was like one thing after the other. Just God just, it's like he had everything planned and he was just waiting for us to come, you know, come at the right time. And, and he was just like, look at this, look what I've done for you. I, I praise God and thank God that I, I listened, that I sought after him and he spoke, I listened. And look what he did. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm just still amazed and blessed, you know, how much God did. So C says, God does not speak audibly. Though he could, but, this, but speaks by the Holy Spirit in different ways. Now, he does speak out loud, but it's very rare. Very rare. For most Christians, you know, they may never hear the audible voice of God. Even though he might speak so loud in them, they may think it's audible. So I, I actually had two occasions that I heard God speak out loud. I was at high, in high school, I was about to graduate, and I was asking God, what should I do? What do you want me to do? You know? And I, I remember... In, I'm in the car waiting to leave the high school. Um, all the buses had to go first. And so once the buses went, they were going out. So I'm just, I'm just praying. I'm, I'm just saying, God, I want to know. I want to know what you want me to do. And then out loud, and maybe it was that he spoke so loud in me, it sounded like it was out loud. But he said, Rama is where I want you to go. And I'm like, what is Rama? I had no idea what it was. So the church I was going to at the time, I'm like, does anybody know what Rama is? And they're like, oh, it means the spoken word of God. I'm like, but that's not a place. <laughs> I had felt that God was telling me to go to a place, but nobody knew about this. So I kept asking anybody who, would, who I thought might know, I would ask, do you know what Rama is? Is there a place called Rama? So one goes, I know what that is. It's a Rainbow Bible Training Center by Kenneth Hagen. I'm like, what? I've actually had read a book on healing about, about well, with Kenneth Hagen. And I'm like, okay, well, God, I guess that's what you want me to do. Anyway, I won't share about the other one just because of time. But God will speak out. He will speak out loud. But usually it's because we really, 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 really need to hear it out loud because of what's about to happen. <laughs> So, um, the primary way that he speaks is through his word. We need to be word people, Bible people. We need to be in the word constantly. Because, you know, that radio that I was talking about, it gets bumped off this way and that way, and so we have to constantly, you know, dial back in. You know the way you do that is you, you stay in the word. You study the word. You pray over the word. You talk about the word with anybody who will listen to you. <laughs> Stay tuned to, his, to hear his voice. The other ways, he leads us by his peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. The peace, his peace will say, it's safe. Don't go that way. Or, you know, safe. Go that way. Sorry, go that way. Out. No, don't, don't go that way. If you don't have peace about a situation you're praying for, don't go that way. If you don't have any leading at all, don't do anything until you have peace. Which way? Uh, God is leading you to go. God will answer, but sometimes we need, just need to wait. 
We see in our hearts a picture. Sometimes he'll show us a picture. We'll see something, you know. Um, And a lot of us experience that. Uh, Sometimes he speaks in dreams and visions. We hear his voice in our hearts, but it's a still small voice. We hear him through others. Sometimes he can't get the answer to us, but he'll use others to speak to us. I'll ask him a question, and I'll come to church the next Sunday, and pastors, I'm preaching on this. I'm like, that is what I needed to hear. This is what I asked God, and he's done that numerous times. Whether I was in class and the teacher's like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but blah, 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 blah. And then he goes back on the, his subject, and then what he, what he just said didn't have anything to do with his subject. And I'm like, well, I know that was for me. Thank you, God. If you ask and you really believe in that he will answer, you'll, you will get your answer. So C, prayer is meditation. Or what you're thinking toward God. You don't have to speak out loud. Not all prayer needs to be spoken. You can be communing with your God and praying right now, and no one else even knows that you're praying. Even now I'm teaching, and I'm still looking to God. God, is there anything else that you want to say that you need me to say? Do I need to go in another direction? Do I need to share something other than what I am sharing or what's on the paper? being always mindful that he's there. And if, you're, if, you're my, if your heart is toward him, then he is ready to speak. You can ask him, you can talk to him from your heart. So Psalms 5, uh, 1 and 2 says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry. Where? It's in his heart. My king and my God. For to you I will pray. We can pray from our hearts. So D says, the majority of our prayer should be spent in communion with God. So communion is your feeling for D. By praising him, worshiping him, and thanking him for who he is and what he has done. A lot of times, those, uh, the things that we're wanting are just not there or not strong in our lives. Um, one way to make them more strong in your lives or evident in your lives or moving and working your, in your lives is when we give him thanks and praise for what he's done. All right? So the one time uh, we had a, uh, a teacher come and talking about hearing the voice of God. And so she taught for a while, and then she, now we're going to do a workshop. I want everyone to get along by themselves, and I want you to ask God a question. And you're going to believe that he, he's, he is going to speak to you. So I went by, my, by myself, and I said, God, how do you want me to pray? And I heard very clearly in my heart, Psalms 100. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I go to Psalms 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. 
Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We, we are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is sometimes good. No, is good. His mercies happen sometime. No, they're everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. What he said, he will do. What he said, he will do. So I'm like, well, praise God, I got my answer. And now it was time for me to apply it. So here I'm going down the, down the road in my car shouting, shouting to the Lord. I thank you for the victory you have given me, Lord. In Jesus, victory over sin, victory over sickness, victory over disease, victory over poverty. All these things, I, you have given me victory. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And the more I thanked and praised him, the stronger those things got in my, in my own life. More evident those things were in my own life. You know, serve the Lord with gladness. Oh, it is a good thing to serve the Lord. Because he is so good and he's so gracious. The more I give of my time, of my money, or whatever I have to, for the, the Lord's ministry, he seems to multiply it back on me. Again and again and again. So I tell you what, I'm glad to serve the Lord because he's so good. <laughs> Come before his presence with singing. Do you know he loves for you to sing? It doesn't matter how you sound. It's the most beautiful sound that he can hear when you sing to the Lord. He is humming. He is singing along with you. He is tapping his foot. He is intent on hearing every word that comes out of your mouth. So Pastor Day wants to say something. When... when uh verse that saves all of us is make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We don't necessarily have to have a singing voice. Make a joyful noise. That's right. To him it's the most beautiful sound. You know. I love to hear my kids sing. <laughs> now my opinion is they have the most beautiful voice, voices in the world but you know that's my opinion because I'm their dad and you know I believe that's how God sees us too. That his, he believes your voice is the, the most beautiful voice in the whole world. Because he just loves you that much. Know that the Lord, that he is God. We're not God. Sometimes we want to, we think we can control this life, our life in this world. And that is not so. But if you give your life to the Lord and let him lead and guide your life, then you can conquer whatever comes your way. Anyway, we're going to go to E. So speaking in tongues. Do I have E for you guys? I may have taken it off. No, E's there? Okay. So speaking in tongues is a powerful form of prayer. So First Corinthians says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Okay? A lot of times, man, we're, we're facing something and we don't even know how to pray. But God knows exactly the prayer that needs to happen. The Holy Spirit will take your heart and what's on your heart. He'll pray it to the Father and pray the perfect will of God. 
right? We might not know what's going on or which way we need to go or even a situation that's about to happen, but God knows. And when you pray in the Spirit, God is moving and working to, to take care of those things. And we might not even know it, what that situation might be, but he's handling it. The other thing is for I, if I, um, let's see, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 17 says, for if I pray in the spirit, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So we might not understand what we're praying. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. You know, here at River of Life, you know, most everyone that I know that, that stands up here and prays for people, they hear what the situation is, they pray in the Holy Spirit, and they get the leading as far as how they should pray in, in the, with their understanding. When we have the prophetic rooms, we pray in the Spirit, and then we get the answer, and then we share, share that. Healing rooms. We pray in the Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit's leading on how we should pray, and then we pray. Speaking in tongues is powerful. I will sing in the Spirit. This is Pastor Dave's favorite thing to do, is singing in the Spirit, by the way. And I will sing in the whole understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the unfortunate say amen at your giving of thanks? Do you know when you're praying in the Spirit, you're giving God thanks? That your heart, We, I don't believe there's human words that can express how good and gracious and wonderful and a proper a way to really thank God. But in the spirit, we can. He can take the words that, that, will, that are deserving to describe how awesome, how wonderful, how glorious he is. Since the person that does not understand what you say, for you indeed give thanks well. When you pray in the Spirit, you're giving God thanks well. But the other is not edified. So Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, it builds you up. It's like a direct connection. It doesn't matter what's going on in your heart or anything else. If you're praying in the Spirit, it's almost like you've got a direct connection and you'll get your answer. It's powerful. If you're not practicing it, you need to practice it. You need to be praying in the Spirit. I pray in the Holy Spirit all the time. Because it brings power and a connection, you know. Sometimes I feel, I know I'm not, but sometimes I feel far away from God. One way I can just immediately plug right back in is just to start praying in the Holy Spirit. And I can see myself, it's almost like I'm plugging into the throne of God. And I'm just being, I'm reconnected. I'm being recharged and strengthened. And, and, and power is coming to me. Understanding is coming to me. Whatever I need is all of a sudden this is being downloaded to me. That's why I can stand up here in front of you guys. Otherwise, I'd run the other way. Is I know I'm plugged into God and it's, it's his strength. It's his wisdom. It's his knowledge. It's his spirit that I'm able to stand up here and share these things. So I want to encourage you to have the right heart toward God in your prayer, that he's always 
always wanting to be a part of every second of your day to give you whatever you need, whether power or wisdom or understanding or that you just need to be hugged or or whatever. He's ready to give it to you. (laughs) But we just need to know and be uh, in our hearts, know that he's there, that he loves you and he cares about you. So let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for how wonderful you really are. That Jesus, you did not leave us as orphans, but you have come to us by your spirit to live in us forever. You will never leave us or forsake us. No one can snatch us out of your hands. It doesn't matter what anyone else will do. We cannot be separated from you. And Lord, we choose to turn our hearts to you, to to look to you every second of every day, to follow after you, your wisdom, Receive your power even to to, to walk through this world. You're super on our natural, hallelujah, to handle any any and every situation. I thank you that you're there, oh Lord, to give us wisdom and understanding for every situation. And Holy Holy Spirit, we thank you that even though you're God Almighty, you would would actually live in us. (laughs) Wow. It's because you love us. So help us not to neglect Let us not neglect that love that you've shown to us, that you live in us. I believe it breaks your heart when you're ready to help. We go through a situation and we don't even look to you. So help us to look to you so that you can do what you're here to do. Help us to see, to know, to understand, and walk in this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.